Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. This is going to be a good one, folks. Rebecca Rausch is with us, and she is with Neon Lizard Creative Marketing and Design. Rebecca, welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, we're excited to have you. And uh, tell us a little bit about you and Neon Lizard. How are you serving folks out there? Well, we are a comprehensive marketing and design firm. We help businesses that are struggling to keep up with their marketing, and we bring it all under one roof so they can control it and design everything so it matches correctly and the alignment of the messaging and all that kind of good stuff. And we handle it for them. We have a, a team that uh, addresses everything so they can rest and do what they do best and we'll take care of the rest. Now that sounds like a great proposition, but let's, before we get into how you do that, let's, you know, how did you get into this uh, line of work and what makes you so passionate about branding and marketing? Oh man. That's such a loaded question. Back when I was 12 years old, there was Bewitched. Do you remember that show? I do, and you just Everybody dated me. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know, me too. But um, Darren Stevens on Bewitched, Samantha's husband, was a commercial artist or graphic designer. He worked for an agency led by Larry Tate. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, I fell in love with what he did and thought, man, that's so what I want to do. That'd be so fun to advertise products and and companies, that'll be great. And so I started just kind of doing it on my own as a kid. And in high school, the uh, art teacher knew my passion for it. And she was able to, you know, give me the decorating the doors and the cheerleading posters and things of that nature. And I ended up plowing through high school, graduating at 16, plowing through college, graduating with my BFA um, by the time I was 20. And had a, uh, my first creative director position by 23. And it's been just a ride ever since we've tried, uh, I've tried every kind of industry I could find to make sure that is what I was truly passionate about. I did signage, I did corporate, I did agencies, I did all sorts of stuff. And I always come back to branding. There is just something about capturing the spirit of a company that excites me. That, what a great story. Um, now you, yeah, you, but you've got some thoughts about branding that are maybe a little different deeper. Um, so you, you, you talk about a concept called foundational branding, yeah. share that with everyone. Well, many people believe that branding is strictly, shall we say just the logo. They slap the logo on everything. They make things similar colors and boom, they've got a brand. That's not what branding is. Branding is the cumulative perception of your company in the public. It is the reputation. It is how you handle disgruntlement. It is your art. It is your messaging. It is your visuals. It is the way the guy drives down the street, how you answer the phone. Everything that is presented to the public in the name of your company is your brand. Your employees need to be part of that brand. Everybody needs to live what I call the brand style, the values and the why that the company is based on. And so when we work with a company, we usually dig very, very deep and we have a recipe per se that we follow in order to create 
that foundational brand that then if it is strong enough, it will carry through the marketing. And so the marketing becomes much, much easier because you have this foundation of messaging and your values and you know exactly what you're putting forth. Uh, a lot there to unpack. Let's, let's, I guess let's talk a little bit about the, the, how you dig into that with a client, uh, right? I mean, what's the, what's the discovery process on that? Well, we have a marketing strategy, um, positioning activity that we do with the client. And in the end, it generates a series of pillars for their messaging, We combine that with their values, their story, the authority, what they're trying to teach, um, testimonials and social proof, things of that nature. And we get that all laid out before the design is done, before any logo is begun, before any slogan is created. We make sure that we know exactly where they're coming from, the differentiators in their community. And it's, it's basically a two, two and a half hour strategy session that generates everything they're going to need. It's amazing. But at the same time, one of the things I see in the show notes is you don't like the terms persona, avatar. (laughs) I mean, those are kind of the things people are expecting to hear in a session like this, Rebecca, right? Well, yeah, they're they're expecting it. They're not going to get that from me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to that because I feel like too much of our industry, of our uh, design and marketing industry, is caught up in the lingo and the you know, three-letter acronyms for everything. And what I believe is that instead of going for the demographics, um, which is, you know, your avatar, your personas, all of that, they're only focused on the generally on the demographics, um, you know, the 2.5 kids, their income, and those kinds of things. Not saying those are not important. They are important. But when you focus strictly on those demographics, it's no different than... I don't know, throwing spaghetti against the wall. It's just still too broad. The best thing I think people should do, in our opinion, the way we help them uh, find that person, is we ask them, who is the client that you can blow their socks off? That you know, this is what I do, and I do it great. You know, is this, who is the person that makes you happy? Go through the clients that you currently have. Who do you, who are you happy when they answer, when you answer the phone and it's them? Um, who are the clients that trust you and listen to what you say they need rather than them telling you what they want? They trust your authority and they trust your opinions. That's a really great client. That's the client that everyone wants. They don't complain. They're, they're with you. They trust you. And they are your cheerleader just like you're theirs. That is the client you can best serve. That is different than the numerical metrics that you get from demographic data. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I love that. It's, it's going a little deeper and creating a little more thought in the client uh, and anyone who's listening to this about who their ideal customer really is, right? And thinking more, right. not just in terms of demographic, but thinking in terms of something a little deeper. Right. The values, their why, making sure that you're aligned, because when you're aligned, you work together seamlessly. When you're aligned, you totally understand who they are deep down and you know you're not going to misspeak because you're very much you're very similar, I guess, is the best term on it. Um, I use a lot of stories and 
things like that to help people understand that in order to create a great foundational brand is very much like following a recipe. And I tell a story of my grandma. I don't know if we want to go into that now, but I uh, love to tell the story of my grandma and how she made her rolls back in the day and compare that to branding and getting your mind around all the things that you have to include. I think we want to hear about grandma. Tell us about grandma. (laughs) (laughs) I had the sweetest little grandma ever, and she was a cook like you would not believe. And she had these delicious little puffs of heaven that she created. They're her rolls. You could smell them when you came in from school in the day, day, and it was just, ah, they were so incredible. And I would run downstairs and start shoving them in my mouth, and she'd have to yell at me because there wouldn't be anything left for anybody else. But I just love these things. And they were exactly the same every time. They were always just perfect. And I tried to make them several times, but they're just, it was never the same. My Her rolls made Olive Garden breadsticks seem like bricks. <laughs> they were just so, so good. And I asked her, how do you do this every time? And she was really open and said she's super strict with her recipe. She's super strict with her ingredients. They had to be perfectly measured. Even the temperature of the ingredients had to be just so. Um, You know, she used very little flour. It's just everything she did was just very specific. And I think that's what you need to do when you create a brand. It's a recipe. And you have to begin with the end in mind. Grandma knew what she was doing. She knew what she was going for. So she was hyper-focused on every detail. And so you have to be that same way with your brand. Not just slapping the logo on things, but building something that is is going to resonate with the people you want to pay attention, you know, that you want them to pay attention. So I use that analogy, and then we have since taken it even deeper to something we call the heart principle, which is its own whole thing that goes on, goes with the foundational brand concept, goes with the grandma role storyline. It's the butter to the rolls. It takes those roles from one level to the next level. And that's what's very exciting is that nobody else is doing this because it's it takes effort and it takes focus. And in the end, it makes the world a better place in reality, truly, because everyone is serving with a heart that is all about the other person. And that's something the world needs right now. Folks, we're here speaking with Rebecca Roush, and Rebecca, uh, is, her firm is Neon Lizard, and she's the chief lizard there and founder. Yes, I am. And, and founder. <laughs> um, so let's dig a little deeper there, though. I mean, you, you talked about uh, butter on the rolls. You got my attention on that. Uh, bring up food. Not, <laughs> I'm interested. But, but um, no, you, 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 you alluded to that. So explain that metaphor. The, the, that, that the heart principle is the butter on the roll. Well, I mean, rolls in and of themselves are always wonderful. Yes, me. <laughs> I love me some bread. Mm-hmm. But um, grandma's rolls by themselves were fantastic, just by themselves. But she went the extra mile, and she would put a pat of butter in the middle of the roll and then wrap the roll around it right before she baked it. So when they came out, they were just ooey-gooey, buttery, salted butter goodness. It was so incredible. They would have still been fantastic without the butter. But now with the butter, they're just off the charts. And that's kind of what the heart principle is about. It creates a series of activities and a plan of action for the business owner to put into place and use as their 
as I as I call it, the brand style, living their brand, living the brand style, and applying it, whether that's um, being transparent, listening. There's just a whole series of things. I have four things for each letter, H-E-A-R-T, mm-hmm. and each of those things are actions, actionable things that they can do, and they can pick and choose what fits their business best, mm. such as hearing like the H here, help first, humor, honor, E, evergreen, energy, empathy, efficiency, um, artistic excellence, alignment, authenticity, authority, adaptability, things like that, that we carry through. And it just takes a foundational brand to a new level. And that's what it's about. Uh, wow. That's, uh, that's great stuff. And we, we need to give everybody a preview of coming attractions. You're working on a book. Are related on these principles. So, uh, people need to stay alert for that, right? Yes, sir. They can follow us on, uh, neonlizardcreative.com and we'll definitely be out on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere we can letting people know when it comes out, we are still in the process of building it and making sure that we have crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's literally, Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure it's going to be really effective for people because I don't want to give anybody something that they can't put into action right away. Well, we'll look forward to get, getting you back to talk about the book when it comes out. Um, but uh, certainly in the meantime, let's let's talk, switch gears a little bit about talk about your firm. So you've got uh, your team is spread really well beyond the Twin Cities area. Talk about that and how you've structured <laughs> your firm for success. Well, I I was a freelancer by my little lonesome for the longest time. And as I got busier and busier, I was stressing out because I couldn't keep up with all the work. And I wasn't sure what to do. And I started following people on Behance. And there was a one gentleman out there, and his work was so incredible. And so I basically stalked him and bothered him until he came to work for me. And he has been with me now for four years, and he is from Lithuania. That works so well that we now have Lithuania, Russia, Ukraine, Brazil, Philippines, and then I have uh, four people here in the state. So we are growing exponentially, and we're bringing in top talent. It's not like a Fiverr. It's not like a design farm or a bunch of low-end freelancers. These are all senior developers and freelancers and 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Experts in their fields. And we bring them together collectively. We have a CRM that allows everyone to um, talk back and forth each day. We have our project manager, Susan, who I couldn't live without, is keeps everybody in play and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And it's as if everybody's right here in the office, but yet it allows us to grow exponentially. It helps us to serve whatever a client needs. We're able to go get the help if we don't know how to do it, we'll find somebody to do it. It's it just makes us very very flexible and agile. Yeah, so sounds like what you're doing is curating the best of the best from around the globe, really. Yes, sir. Mhm. Yes, sir. That's what I'm trying to do. I've got some fantastic designers. I am so thrilled with my team. I cannot tell you. They are all better than I ever hoped to be. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Fiverr, so let's just get, let's just hit that head on because <laughs> something tells me we won't just pick on them, but there's several of these sites out there that, you know, you can, oh, there's tons of them. right. That you can go get a logo for five bucks or whatever. 
Um, right. Let's let's address some of the issues that what the, what the reality of it is. Well, number one, much of the things on these design farms, the designers that are on there are presenting work that isn't even their own. They go to, I have people that steal art from my, my site and they put it on to their site as their own. And it's not exactly honest, <laughs> but also it's very transactional. Um, I believe a brand needs to be transformational. And I think as an artist, it's my job to help that client go from A to Z smoothly and continuously. Whereas these gentlemen and ladies are there for a no different than buying a burger. They will do whatever it is you ask, and then they go away. So they have no skin in the game, per se. They're not committed to you. They're not caring if your logo matches the design elements that you're putting forth. They don't care if the messaging is consistent. They don't care, period. They just are trying to make a buck, and I can't blame them, and that's fine, more power to them. However, if you're trying to build that foundational brand, having it done by multiple vendors or transactional vendors is shooting yourself in the foot. You're going to end up paying for it again and again and again, because it's never, ever going to resonate. You know a bad brand when you come across it. You can feel when something's out of a line. And when anything in your brand and your business is out of alignment, you are not trustworthy. People feel that. And the credibility is, is, is hurt. So having someone manage it from top to bottom is a much better brand strategy for you as a whole. Whereas having all these little cheapy guys do it is just going to hurt you. And I, I really advise people not to do that. So uh, let's get back to your model. You've got folks across the country or across the world. I mean, I mean to say, how do you manage that? Well, like I said, we have the CRM system and, Mm -hmm. COVID didn't bother us too much because we were already on Zoom daily. Mm. And so we have meetings and everybody comes. We uh, talk to each other every single day through email and through CRM or Zoom. And it's like I said, it's not really any different than anybody being here. We have our Asana is our program that we use. And each each, uh, artist has their own channel that we're able to talk to them through. They are able to access the client channels. The clients are able to access their channels, which is really neat because they can start and stop jobs, check on how much money they've got left in their their time block. They can check and see the status of projects. It's a very open, transparent system, but and they can even talk directly to the artist. So it works out really, really well. And I think I know the answer to this, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask because sometimes I don't know the answer. Uh, but you know, why, why wouldn't I just go curate the best of the best myself? Why, why do I want Rebecca to do that for me? <laughs> Cause I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I know a good designer as opposed to a hack. I know what's out there. I can tell if something is clip art. I can tell if something is not their own. If it's, if their art is inconsistent across their portfolio, there's a million different ways. I will usually, um, I always test them. I vet them. I make sure that they know what they're doing. And if they don't, I cut them loose and I go look for somebody else. Doesn't happen too often because I'm usually pretty picky about who I approach in the first place. But yeah, you can give it your best shot. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not, not as easy as it seems. 
Yeah, I'd make a mess of it. But let me ask you, a, 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 ask the question a little bit differently. So, um, what you know, what's the advantage of having everything in one place the way you do, and having the one stop? I love that you asked that. When the entire team is committed to the client, the entire team is familiar with all of their content, their positioning, their goals, their messaging. When the entire team has all that at their fingertips and they can refer to that, then everything that they create is going to maintain that same messaging. They're going to be able to see and hear and discuss visual methods and make sure that everything is consistent across because the last thing you want is to have a blue ad here and a green ad here and a yellow ad there and people not be able to know that's the same business. I don't know how many businesses I have revamped in order to help them have a consistency across the platforms because that builds trust. When people learn to recognize and become aware of your company and they notice it because just like, you know, when you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of that same thing. Once they become aware of you, then you want to make sure that they see you again and again and again. And if you're changing up your designs and using different colors and using different styles and blah, 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 which is what you're going to get if you use a bunch of transactional artists or, or a variety of vendors even, it's you lose clients along the way. They they learn, they just don't trust you. And so they kind of, eh, I'm going to go over here because this guy looks a little more legit. Whereas if you keep everything together and your messaging and everything is aligned, it just, it makes a huge difference. I have had customers, I'm trying to think, I can't breathe, I'm talking too much. <laughs> um, I had one lady that came to us, she was literally in tears. Her previous designer had held everything hostage when she told her she wasn't happy with the design. She said, well, I own it all. You can't have it. And so she had to start completely over after 10 years in business. Mm. And we were able to and we looked at her stuff that she had been doing and it's like, this is very clinical. This is very cold. It was very, she's a very natural farm based product. It's all about the, the pureness of it, but everything she had was very hospital looking. And so we took that and we put that whole farm feel to it and the family and the golden colors and, and things of that nature. We redesigned her logo with a leaf in it and, and things like that, which, now it really resonates what she is truly about. And we have carried that through her entire packaging and everything else. And as a result, she grew 27% in the middle of a rebrand. COVID barely touched her, even though she serves hair salons. She was able to pivot and change because she has this foundational brand that will move with her and is agile. So that's kind of what it's all about. Wow. Uh, now let's be clear about this. So people remember, I don't think people are going to forget the pandemic anytime soon, but for folks that, <laughs> were, that weren't in the industry though, you, uh, I mean, hair salons were one of the, uh, Hard hit. hardest hit parts of the economy, right? So the fact that she's dealing with hair salons and still able to grow. Wow. What a great story. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, she didn't, I mean, she didn't grow quite as fast as much, of course, cause, but she had to pivot 
And she was able to do so because everything is there and because, you know, we give the client everything. So we don't hold anything hostage. They have rights to, they have all the intellectual rights and they can have the art and they can give it to different artists if they choose to. So like she needed to pull in a little bit because of costs and she was able to pull in. She had templates. Her daughter learned how to do those templates. And so she was able to keep moving forward and still have the same look and feel throughout her platforms. And then now she's, you know, she's coming back where salons are opening. So we're back to doing her magazine. That was something else we did for her as the uh, previous company did a million brochures and they would hand them out to the salons and they would sit on their counter. And of course, nobody ever touched them. Half the time they ended up getting round filed. So we ended up talking to her and she was saying that she had all these stories from all her years in salon work. And the other place wouldn't let her tell her story. So it's like, my goodness, of course you should tell your stories. So we ended up creating a multi-page magazine that was stories, tips and tricks, uh, beauty hacks, all sorts of different things that one could do. And it was really fun to read. And it was designed very much like a fashion magazine. And so the salon stylist would put the magazine in the person's hands while they were styling their hair. And of course, it's chock full of her products and telling about how they're made and how beautiful and clean and you know evergreen they are. And that was a lot to do with her growth because we approached the client in a brand new way that nobody else had ever done before. Mm. Rebecca Roush is with us, folks, and she is the chief lizard and founder at Neon Lizard Creative Marketing. Um, a lot of folks hear that story about um, you know, that bad experience with that designer that says, I'm going to keep all your stuff. And mm -hmm. they, their reaction to that may be, I want to do it all in house so I control it. What's the problem with that yeah. reaction? <laughs> well, that's, that's very true. We have people that will do that on occasion, especially once the templates are set and things of that nature. And, you know, in my opinion, if they've got the right talent that can take that and, and run with it, then more power to them. I mean, it's all about them being successful. That's more important to me than making a dollar. I would much rather see them be successful. I will always be there to help them regardless. But oftentimes they will do that and it will be someone who has a much lesser design capability, a much lesser long-term vision and in mind concept. One of the big things we do is repurpose. So we will design stuff that we know will be used at a later date. So as an example of this, a gentleman was working with us and we were redoing his logo, redoing his packaging and things of that nature. And he commented that he was going to be hitting some trade shows and he'd eventually need a banner. Well, a banner and a Facebook header are the same dimensions, hmm. essentially, same proportions. So mm -hmm. we went ahead and designed a six by 10 banner and then reduced it for his Facebook header, which then ended up being his website header. <laughs> so he only paid for it one time, whereas most design firms would charge you each and every time as if they created it from scratch. And we don't do that. We're going to try to think long-term with the end in mind and design in a way that you can repurpose and reuse art to save my client money. Hmm. That makes a Somebody lot of else may not know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see how that would be. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about the the uh, kinds of clients that you serve, who's a good fit for you? We love to come 
in with clients who are maybe a little bit larger. We can do the small guys. That's absolutely fine. I have many happy, happy clients of that nature. We like also to come in with uh, manufacturing, medical, um, construction, people that industries that tend to promote from within. As, uh, as it turns out, many times someone was a salesperson and now they're the marketing person. They have no clue how to market. Um, or a CEO who's trying to do it all himself and they're spending all their time doing social media and trying to get out there, but they really need to be out there doing sales. There's a ton of that. I totally empathize with that because I have that same issue where I get too caught up in my design portion of it. I, for, I, I don't have time to do my sales. So that is a really important segment that just need support. And it is so hard when you're in that position to have to deal with a website designer, a trade show developer, um, a social media artist, somebody to handle your print. It's hard to deal with that many vendors because every vendor is going to say something different. Every vendor has their own opinions and focus, and they're going to try to get you to spend more with them. We don't worry about all that. Our purpose is to make you successful. Our purpose is to make things seamless across platforms. That is what is going to push you forward and build your recognition and awareness. So that's kind of how we work as opposed to buying, doing different people. Mm -hmm. So uh, Rebecca, I would love it if you could share maybe a success story, a, a client who has been transformed. You talked about one, um, but, <laughs> well, um, but you've, I know you've got others uh, that you can talk about. And sure. of course you don't have to use names, uh, but if you could okay. share a success story, that'd be great. Sure. Um, on our website, just number one, is we have an area called Giddy Clients because that's our goal. We're, we want them more than happy. We want them downright giddy. Hmm. And uh, so they can go to our website and see that. And so there's hundreds of testimonials there. We are really, really big on making sure our clients are happy and they always are kind enough to give us referrals and things of that nature. So another one um, I'll use as a gentleman who actually began his business in the midst of COVID. He had a little dinky logo he had gotten off Fiverr or someplace, and it looked very low-end. He is a foreign car repair specialist. Mm. He has credentials out the wazoo. He's fantastic, but he had no presence whatsoever. And so he came to us on a referral, and within a couple months, we had generated uh, his website, his new look and brand. We had generated his special difference, which was partly he is building this business on behalf of his son. He wants to create a legacy for his son because his son loves cars as much as he does. And I thought that was just so touching and such a reason for people to want to support him. So we use that as part of his marketing. He also will come to your house and fix your car for you if it, he can possibly do it. I mm. mean, who does that? Yeah, really. <laughs> That's amazing. So we took those kind of differentiators and really – I want to use the word exploit, but that sounds negative, but we really push those. And he has gone from, oh, having a couple clients to now he's probably going to bill over a million dollars this year out of a two-bay shop. Wow. Well, it makes so much sense because that's really where, you know, folks like doing business with people, not right. institutions, right? I mean, and they like, they like being able to 
reach out and touch that, the heart, if you will, and I'll use your word <laughs> behind that business, right? The, that really drives that business. Correct. That that's the story. So that one of the things that I talk about, and I hope I don't, I digress if I'm going off on a deep end here, but there are so many incredible influencers out there, just incredible influencers. And there's, you know, Donald Miller, everybody knows Donald Miller, this, you know, story branding. There's, um, Ashley Owens that does networking knowledge. There's Jasmine Starr, who is photography and social media and things of that nature, who's phenomenal. You have Vanessa Van Edwards, who teaches body language and speaking abilities. There's a million different wonderful influencers, but each of them is in their own lane. Not very many, if any, actually incorporate the concept of having consistent art, consistent messaging. I mean, story branding kind of touches that, but it doesn't apply to the art. And so what we have done, especially with the heart principle, is that we have taken the golden nuggets, basically, of all these wonderful influencers and tried to put them into a logical sequence of activities so that you can expand your business based on their wisdom. Wow. Uh, Rebecca Roush, folks. Uh from Neon Lizard. Rebecca, this is awesome. Uh, great, great stuff. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine that that uh, you haven't said something that's going to pique interest uh, with listeners and they're going to want to be in touch. So let's get to the most important question. How do folks get in, <laughs> how do folks get in touch with you? Well, uh, the easiest way is, of course, the website, neonlizardcreative.com. And you can look at Everything we've done, we've tried to make it very educational as well as useful. Um, you can sign up for our, what we call the newsletter, but we actually, it automatically gives you a members-only resources page, which has like 300 different kinds of resources that are incredible as an instant gift. Um, you can contact us through there. You can call me at 952-452-0168 or Rebecca at neonlizardcreative.com. Awesome. Rebecca Roush, Neon Lizard. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. It was my honor. Yeah, thank you. Uh, folks, just a quick reminder. I've got a bold request for you. Uh, I want you to go search for the show on your favorite podcast app, Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. Uh, give us a five-star review. I'm not asking for me. I'm not asking for Business Radio X. I'm asking for our guests, great business leaders like Rebecca, uh, who are doing great work, and we want them to be found. We want them to be found by folks that need their services. So your help uh, in in uh, review, reviewing the show, liking us, following the show will help with that. So if you could do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Rebecca Roush, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio.